0: Patriots, Patriots. assemble. Assemble.
1: We don't mess around. We don't waste time. time. Over here here at His Hard Line. Let's Let's go. go.
2: Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people.
1: Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit at my side because they are the host with the most, and they are in charge. They are in the captain's chair and at the helm. Behind the wheel, therefore, they are steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Line. Today is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. And you are listening to episode 456, excuse me, 556, Desolation and Restoration. And then we're going to be doing, the show is predominantly going to be geared around the book of Joel, chapters 1 through 4. Okay. And it is in the Old Testament. Something came to me, and I'm glad the sound is much better. Sorry about that, guys. I have no idea what the heck that was all about, but um. So anyway, um. But yeah, uh, something came to me not that long ago, uh, just actually over the weekend or a couple days ago, I should say. Um, to do the book of Joel. Now I know we started the book of James, and we only got through the first chapter. The book of Joel only has four chapters, so. I'm going to do something a little special today, um, but this is very important. I don't know why, but again, God laid it on my heart to do it. And so, what we're going to do is I'm going to be a playing. It's about 14 minutes long. It's going to be an audio Bible from YouTube, okay, for the Book of Joel, which has got the interactive sound effects and everything like that. So basically, it sounds like the Book of Joel is coming to life. So we're going to listen to that, and then I have a nice summary and things like that. And so. Just today is very, very interesting. I I never thought that I'd be so excited to do one whole show based on the Book of Joel, um, and and some of the things that we're seeing today. Um, So it's going to be a very interesting journey today, uh, to say the least. But. Um, Before we get into that, remember, as I always state periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat and I don't play one on TV. I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, nor hold any title of nobility. I had to add that in there just because I felt like it was necessary. But I do not give out legal advice. I'm also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody is having an excellent day. I hope everybody had an excellent weekend. I know I certainly did because, well... It was a good weekend at the cottage, caught a lot of fish. I say a lot of fish, a lot means three, okay? Three with a bunch of nibbles, but you know what? We were fishing, Um, it was really warm. And they weren't really typically biting, I guess, where, you know, and we were fishing at the wrong times. Like, obviously, you want to get up at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. I'm not doing that on my days off. I already get up that early. So, I'm not getting up just to catch a couple extra fish. So, I just tried doing it during the middle of the day when the sun's bright, you know, and and, and it's hot. Basically, fishing when the fish are less likely to bite. But, hey, caught a couple smallmouth bass and got a catfish. So, that was good. Um, Haven had a good time. She's really taken to fishing like really well she's actually doing really really well and then of course my wife was using her dad's fishing pole and started feeling nostalgic and started remembering how fun fishing was so she wanted to go get a fishing license and get her own pole so the whole family we went out to Dunham's and we went and got some fishing poles and dropped a ton of money on that so it's been great um and then of course i was working with oscar and lisa out of georgia in fact i think oscar's in the house let me scroll down here i think there he is oscar what's up my man um, so we were all working on a on a, on a very special project that's going to be very helpful for all the states who are assembled or in the process of assembling an educational thing uh, we'll just leave it there um we, so uh, Rietta was asking, yay, did you guys get it done? So the three of us, we, we got our part done. I should say Lisa and myself got our parts done. Uh, sadly, I think Oscar's got the worst part of the job because even though we spent four hours on Monday, cause we actually knocked it out all in one, on one night, we spent from four to a little after 8 PM. Um, yes, that means yesterday I didn't do a dang thing and I made it on purpose like that because we spent four hours the evening before so i was like you know what i already told everybody i wasn't going on the air i want to spend some extra time with family because i got home from work and went right into the project with them so me and lisa got our parts done but oscar still has about two and a half to three weeks worth of edits to do and cleaning it up so it's going to be really good i'm really looking forward to seeing what you know he does with that but very talented people i gotta say when you get people that are Really centered around wanting to restore this country, right? To help other people assemble in other states, and you—you you got the 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 heart of a teacher, right? And you are centered around God. It was really a very humbling and pleasant four hours. In fact, those four hours flew by, and so I'm glad we got what we got done. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing the finished product. So I hope. Uh, I hope Oscar. Um, doesn't get too bogged down with, uh, all the edits. Hopefully we didn't mess up too much for him to have to clean up because I'll tell you doing audio and video editing, that's a very challenging thing. It's a very, very challenging job, but I know if anybody's got the ability and the know how to do it, it is Oscar. So, um, I hope, uh, I, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this so uh, we got a bit of a packed show now before i get started i do find it interesting um how dave ramsey has a 150 million lawsuit 150 fifty dollar, yeah million do- million dollar lawsuit there we go i can't speak properly today um class action lawsuit against him because i guess some uh, what was it one of those timeshare exit team type of companies uh that he was promoting on his show um or at least you know was advertising or whatever Uh, Apparently, that was a fraudulent company, possibly, I guess, from what I understand. I guess this was a a headline on Fox Business. So, yeah, he's got a big giant lawsuit, $150 class action lawsuit. So we're going to see what comes about that. But, you know, it's interesting. Even though my wife and I, we did the Dave Ramsey debt snowball thing and we paid off over $94,000 in about a little over 40, 42 months, she's never really trusted the guy. And, again, I'm going to go with her women's intuition because, you know typically women who are in tuned with that intuition and it's strong generally isn't wrong. So, you know, she's been right about a lot of other people that um, I I was completely blinded about. And then they started showing their real colors. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it. And so if she thinks that he is a bit of a crook, well, again, opinions guys, this is not fact. We don't know this firsthand, but I'm going to go with the woman's intuition. So we'll just, we'll just go there. You know what I mean? And my wife has never been wrong so far. And she's batting a hundred. We'll just say that or whatever that number is. I'm not a baseball guy, you know? So if I got that number wrong, sorry, I don't know. What is it? Batting 300, uh, no, 300s in bowling, right? Yeah. I don't know. She's batting at a hundred. There we go. 500. There we go. Thanks, Leslie Liberty. See, I'm not a baseball guy. I know 300s for bowling, right? That's the perfect score. So she's batting 500. Boom. So there you go. Thanks for the correction. I really appreciate that. Um, So, Here is the thing guys, Um, over the past, I don't know what, three years, um, we've kind of been experiencing a period of what's called La Nina, right? It's a weather thing, right? And now we're kind of getting into a period called El Nino. Okay. It's been very dry, very, 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 very extremely dry and very little rainfall to be seen all summer and most of spring. It's been crazy. Now the impact of the current El Nino is expected to be, I guess, from my understanding, quite severe resulting in, you know, really dry conditions, almost akin to like a desert in the peak of summer, right? Like really dry and by. My observations of the front yards and various subdivisions and the HOAs that I drive through, especially my own that I live in, one can easily see into the economic situations of, you know, my neighbors and other residents that are on the other side of the neighborhood. Normally, the reason I say is because normally these areas really, they really boast in very luscious, like green lawns, right? Thanks to, you know, good old fashioned underground sprinkling systems that require, you know, continual watering. And, you know, when people water their lawns very liberally, right, really generously, it indicates that they have no problem spending six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars every three months on water. Now, that's us, right? Um, I think my highest water bill was like 700 for a quarter. Now, however, this year, even in affluent neighborhoods and subdivisions, I'm not saying every single yard is like this, but I have noticed a significant amount of dead, burnt up grass in a lot of lawns. A lot of lawns. And to me, it seems like that the watering has become a lower priority for many, you know, Um, potentially due because, again, due to economic constraints. Another noteworthy observation is the decreased level in fuel sales because, you know, and the reduced activity that I'm personally seeing on the road. Because as you guys all know, I'm a gas hauler and i have observed a decline in fuel demand which is unusual for this time of year i mean we're already getting close to you know this we're already into the second week starting tomorrow of june right and typically the fuel hauling industry experiences an upswing after spring break generally speaking right generally speaking now despite entering the second week of june this the situation remains sluggish right and with fewer people driving and embarking on vacations and and especially in Michigan cuz Michigan is a very touristy state as people go up 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 north to go camping they go to Traverse City or they go to the you know upper peninsula but consequently that I've been noticing many gas stations that are struggling not only to find employees but even some of the 24-hour gas stations I'm noticing are closing at night it's crazy Now, I've had conversations with individuals from different sectors, um, which, you know, further highlight the potential consequences of this El Nino, people that are farmers here in this state, especially. Now, like, for instance, I I recently spoke with somebody, again, who is not only a farmer, but helps other farmers as well. And he, he does everything and anything you can imagine. And, you know, I asked him about what's going on. And he expressed concern over the delayed growth of corn. He says typically corn should be popping up. He goes, "There's a lot of fields that we planted this year. The corn's not popping up." And he was saying, he "Goes, this is abnormal. Uh, you know, this abnormality, ab- abnormality. Boy, I can't even say that word. This abnormality. I'm, I'm just stop, Jason, while you're ahead. You know, basically at this time of year." it possesses a severe threat to our food supply leading into the next 14 to 24 months. Now, why do I say that? Well, I'm already starting to see beef go up in price. Not a whole lot, but it's starting to go up. So the thing is, is that when you got insufficient corn production, that could potentially lead to a scarcity in ethanol, right? A scarcity in ethanol resulting into an increase in fuel prices, that's number one. But additionally, if there's not enough corn to feed cattle on top of, you know, providing, you know, ethanol, if there's not enough corn to feed cattle, the alternative feed sources, you know, will be required, like, you know, which, again, would likely drive up beef prices. Now, considering that this El Nino is projected to last between 14 and 18 months spanning from this summer going into the next, it kind of poses a bit of a significant problem for our country and it's crucial to begin preparing and and make no mistake i'm not trying to fear porn ladies and gentlemen i I just want you all to be proactive is what i'm going to say because you know we don't know what's around the bend it's you know we're seeing so much stuff ramp up in the fake news media and all that you know kabuki theater we've been witnessing you know especially with tucker carlson doing his first show on tuesday right and garnering 80 what 80 plus million you know, views, but, you know, it's crucial to begin preparing by stockpiling food reserves and deep freezers and maybe, you know, possibly engaging in canning practices and setting aside extra funds for unseen circumstances. I know that's what my wife and I plan on doing. We're trying to get through some of our old meat um, that, you know, needs to be eaten up so we can restock because I'm thinking about restocking both of my chest freezers full of beef and some chicken. But, you know, in the realm of podcast goes, there are I know there are a number of voices out there that are persistently emphasizing the imminent threat of a food crisis. Right. While, and, and while it's essential to acknowledge these concerns, it's prudent to adopt a preparedness mindset, regardless of the season or circumstances. Right. Regardless of what our economic and political climate looks like like Rietta was saying right here in the chat, I've been prepping for two years now. That's exactly what you should be doing. You should not be waiting until something looks like that crap's about to hit the fan before you start prepping. Not a good game plan. And so, like I said, if someone resides in like a hurricane-prone state, for example, stocking up on food is pretty crucial, especially if you're like in Florida, right, or Louisiana or Houston, Texas. Similarly, you know, if you're an individual living in regions that are susceptible to like frequent tornadoes or, or, you know, or uh, or winter storms, right? Preparing and having additional food supplies and batteries and water—it's pretty pretty critical stuff. I mean, it's 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 basic stuff. And so, engaging in regular preparedness practices is advisable based on you know really your own geographic location. Now, considering the current state of the crop growth, growth, it's pretty evident that we're likely to face challenging times ahead. In terms of our food supply you know the de- delayed development of crops compared to the expected pace for this time of year exacerbates the situation and so the potential impact of this year's harvest or I should say, potential lack thereof, will affect the food supply throughout the upcoming winter and spring. And moreover, if we experience another dry summer with minimal rainfall, the food supply issue could actually persist well into 2024 and even possibly go into 2025. Now, undoubtedly, this possesses a significant problem. Now, while it's essential to avoid promoting fear and sensationalism and you know pessimistic narratives, it is crucial. It is crucial. To be proactive and take measures to start accumulating extra reserves. Okay, if especially if you haven't already, because personally my family and I, we're utilizing, like I said, we're we're eating up our expired food or soon to be expired, you know, frozen food. And we're preparing to restock our you know before you know the situation potentially worsens or gets more expensive even if it doesn't worsen as far as supply it could get worse with price and you don't want to be stuck paying six seven eight nine bucks a pound for beef so just be prepared is all i'm saying folks and and here's the other thing we need we 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 don't remember all right now if you're in california you probably won't have to worry about this if you're in florida or texas you want to worry about this but then again i don't know the world's really crazy In Michigan, in the Midwest, okay, back, and I think this happened back in 2001, where we didn't really get any snowfall. Now, what happens is when it gets really, really, really cold, the frost line can go way beyond 10, 11 feet, almost 20, 21, 22 feet. Now, what does that really mean? When you have frost that goes that far into the ground, it poses huge significant dangers to the underground water pipes. And so if they freeze and then you drive over an area that has water pipes, like on grass, for example, I don't know about road, but if you, you know, if you live out in the country and there happens to be a water line on somewhere in your lawn, I don't know, you know, it's not advisable to be driving on your lawn over that pipe because just driving over that pipe could put just enough pressure to make it burst on the ground. You don't want to do that. So we got, you know, it's it's looking very likely that not only will we have a dry summer, but we might have a dry winter, because if we don't have enough snow to insulate the ground, that's a big problem, too. So, but a lot of this is leading me now into the Scripture segment, okay, which we're going to be listening to Joel 1 through 4 uh, on the audio Bible. It's the New King James Version Bible. Um, that I found, we're going to listen to Joel one through four, it's 14 minutes long. And then we're going to get into a little bit of a discussion there as far as the desolation and restoration. So let me switch this over on cloud hub. Let me switch this over and we are going to, um, give this a listen to, and then we're going to have a little bit further discussion. So let me switch this over, over here on cloud hub. All right.
3: The book of Joel. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel.
2: Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children, and their children another generation, what the chewing locust left. The swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. For
0: a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made
2: white. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted, the land mourns, for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up, the oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Gird yourselves and lament you, priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord, Alas for the day! For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Is not the food cut off before our eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clods. Storehouses are in shambles. Barns are broken down, for the grain has withered. How the animals groan! The herds of cattle are restless because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. O Lord, to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pastures, and a flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry out to you, for the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the open pastures.
0: trumpet in zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the lord is coming for it is at hand a day of darkness and gloominess a day of clouds and thick darkness like the morning clouds spread over the mountains
2: a people come great and strong the like of whom has never been nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like swift steeds so they run. With a noise like chariots, over mountaintops they leap, like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in battle array. Before them, the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. everyone marches in formation, and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark. And the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure
0: it? Now, therefore, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning.
2: So rend your heart, and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and He relents from doing harm. Who knows if He will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind Him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people,
0: Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you the northern army and will drive him away into a barren and desolate land, with his face toward the Eastern Sea and his back toward the Western Sea. His stench will come up, and his foul odor will rise, because he has done monstrous
2: things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down for you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil.
0: So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty. And be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
2: For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls.
0: For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat and I will enter into judgment with them there, on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. They have cast lots for my people, have given a boy as payment for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Indeed. What have you to do with me, O Tyre, and Sidon, and all the coasts of Philistia? Will you retaliate against me? But if you retaliate against me, swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation upon your own head. Because you have taken my silver and my gold, and have carried into your temples my prized possessions. Also, the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem you have sold to the Greeks, that you may remove them far from their borders. Behold, I will raise them out of the place to which you have sold them, and will return your retaliation upon your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, to a people
2: far off. For the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble and come, all you nations, and gather together all around. Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake but the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So you
0: shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy, and no alien shall ever pass through her
2: again. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Acacias. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom a desolate wilderness, because of violence against the people of Judah. For they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall abide forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. For
0: I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed, whom I had not acquitted. For the Lord dwells in Zion.
1: Wow. I tell you what, that was quite intense. Um, You know, the other day when I was loading my truck, it was my first uh, load of the day and I was feeling all, you know, I was feeling like jamming out to a bunch of music. I had some ZZ top radio going on in Pandora in my truck. I had it blasting, you know, two thirty in the morning. I'm like trying to wake up. I'm on my second cup of coffee before I even get to the loading rack, which is only about a 18 minute drive up the road. And, um, I'm loading my truck and it, you know, it, you. I was just getting to that Lizzie Liberty. It's very interesting. You said that. Because she just said in here, wow, I'm embarrassed to say I never heard of the book of Joel. Went to Catholic school for 12 years and rarely studied the Bible. You're probably not the only one. Because today, or that that day that I was feeling all jammy jammy with my Pandora and ZZ Top radio, I was remembering, thinking to myself, while I was loading my truck, I was like, God I could really use a little bit of a statement right now. Like, I don't know why I said statement, but I remember saying that or thinking that to my mind in my, in my thoughts, right. I could use a statement from you right now. Like, uh, I I need you to talk to me. I don't know what you're going to say to me, but I could really use a little bit of direction. So I was prompted to go get my truck Bible. And literally, I played Bible roulette, not intentionally. I just literally unzipped my Bible cover, opened it up, and it went right to Joel chapter four. All right, because there's only four chapters. And I was like, Joel? Now, I'm familiar with the book of Joel. I say familiar. I've heard of the book of Joel. I never read it. Just like Leslie Liberty said. I, like I am not really familiar with the book of Joel. But there it was, chapter four, and I started reading chapter four. And I'll be honest with you guys, after I got done loading, I read it a second time when I pulled out of the loading rack after I got my BOL for my paperwork, you know. And (laughs) I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, wow. Um, I'm not really in the mood to jam out with, zz top now i'm not really ready to jam out with any music right now i drove that next two out those next two hours in complete silence thinking about what i read and then finally it came to me i was like you know what i pulled over i grabbed my phone and i pulled up youtube and i did audio bible joel the book of joel audio bible and so I I listened to the whole thing verses or chapters 1 through 4 and I was thinking to myself as I'm reading or listening to this oh my lord what kind of statement are you telling me god seriously because what I with what I read and then what what I heard which is what we just played that was not what I expected as far as a statement I was thinking to myself god what are you trying to tell me and so the book of Joel kind of begins with a description of a devastating locust plague, right, that, that destroyed the land of Judah. And Joel uses this natural disaster as kind of like a metaphor for the imminent day of the Lord, a time of, you know, what's kind of described as like divine judgment, right, and restoration and he calls upon the people of Judah to repent and turn back to God emphasizing the importance of sincere repentance and true spiritual renewal now Joel also speaks of the coming of the holy spirit you know which is a promise of restoration and blessing in the future right he envisions a time when God will pour out his spirit on all people regardless of their social status or gender, right? This prophetic vision is later quoted in the New Testament on the day of Pentecost, highlighting its significance. Now, lessons that we can take away from this book include the importance of repentance and turning back to God in times of difficulty or spiritual decline, right? It teaches us that genuine repentance, not fake, genuine repentance And a sincere heart is pleasing to God. The book also reminds us of the assurance of God's restoration and the promise of his spirit, which brings hope and blessing to those who seek him. Now, additionally to all this, the book of Joel encourages us to be aware of the signs of the times and to discern the you know the significance of events that are you know unfolding all around us pay attention what's going on around you it urges us to be vigilant and responsive to God's call recognizing the time for spiritual awakening which i think we're seeing quite a bit nowadays more and more people are turning to God more than ever you're seeing more and more revivals happening across this nation and i think there's a readiness that's occurring for the day of the Lord. And so overall, the book of Joel kind of serves as a reminder of God's faithfulness and his call to repentance and his promise of restoration and blessing for those who seek him wholeheartedly. Now let's kind of dive into some of the lessons a little deeper. So if you kind of look at the the lesson of repentance, right? How, How important is repentance? I'd say pretty significant, right, because the book of Joel emphasizes the need for genuine repentance and turning back to God. It, you know, it teaches us that in times of spiritual decline or difficulty, acknowledging our sins and seeking God's forgiveness is very crucial. But let me also add to this. We shouldn't just seek God when we're in spiritual decline. We always need to be seeking God every day. That's why I always tell you guys, always write in a gratitude journal. Every morning I grab my gratitude journal and I say, good day, God, Heavenly Father in heaven, you know, or Heavenly Father. Thank you for another day of life and good health for myself, my wife, and our daughter. And thank you for the gift of companionship and marriage, our home. And and then I go down the list of everything else. And then that's when I also pray for people in my notebook. It should not just be during spiritual decline or when there's difficulty ahead. You should always be seeking God but also seek his forgiveness. That's very crucial. Now, another lesson that we can take away from this uh, book of Joel is, is how sincere hearts really matter because Joel emphasizes that God looks beyond superficial actions, right? Cause he knows if you're shallow in what you're doing and what you're saying, right? He knows if your walk to walk and talk to talk is, is real or not. Right. And he knows, if you desire you know he 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 how do i want to say this god definitely knows if you have superficial actions and desires right he wants you to have a sincere heart see it reminds us that motives that our motives and intentions are important to god what is your intent behind your prayer behind your actions Because, again, especially when it comes to repentance, because true repentance involves a genuine change of heart, not just saying shallow words. And God desires a sincere heart. And he wants to know if you have a sincerity in desiring to follow God faithfully. Another lesson here is how God's faithfulness, you know, that we can take away from here is God's faithfulness and restoration. Because The book of Joel assures us of God's faithfulness in restoring what has been lost or damaged. It teaches us that God is compassionate and desires to bless and restore his people when they turn back to him. Another good lesson to take away from this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's very key here. Because Joel's prophetic vision of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a significant lesson because it reminds us of the power and the transformative work of the holy spirit in our lives as seen in the new testament on the day of pentecost then there's the you know being aware of the signs of the times right are you do you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear are you're you paying attention because joel encourages us to be attentive to the signs and events happening around us. It reminds us to discern the significance of these events in relation to God's plan and to respond appropriately. What are you doing as you notice and recognize the signs of the times? And the last kind of lesson we can get into is the inclusivity of God's salvation because Joel highlights that God's salvation is available to all people. Very key to remember. It's available to all people. Regardless of their social status, doesn't matter if you have money or if you're broke as a joke, doesn't matter if you're transgender or if you're just a normal male, female, as God, you know, attended it. But it teaches us that the universal nature of God's love and the fact that his blessings are not limited to a select few. You just have to turn to him with a forgive, you know, with a sincere heart and have a true, genuine heart of repentance having a change of heart, turning away from your sinful ways, right? So these lessons from the book of Joel can guide us in our spiritual journey. It serves to help to cultivate a genuine relationship with God and to seek repentance and restoration and to embrace the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I tell you, it's been one heck of a transformative um journey for myself since September of 2020. And I, I'm not going to repeat the story because like I said, it's, it's a pretty packed show, but you guys already know if you've been listening to me for a fair time now. But in addition to acknowledging God's will, right, and, and, and the deliverance of salvation, it's important to foster a sense of hope and optimism in the face of challenging circumstances. Because as we navigate through this period of potential desolation and drought that we're seeing, right, with the lack of rainfall, we need to remember to embrace the belief that God's restoration is not only possible, but inevitable. So amidst these trials that we may be encountering, We can find reassurance in the promise of God's unwavering love and care for his people because his guiding hand will lead us through these difficult times. No matter what comes in our path, he will offer strength and resilience. When we have moments of doubt, we can draw inspiration from countless stories of the resilience right from the Bible where individuals and communities have triumphed over adversity with the help of their unwavering faith. You know, by maintaining a hopeful outlook, we can tap into that transformative power of optimism. We can envision a future where the challenges we face today are, but stepping stones toward a greater abundance that awaits us. But through our collective efforts, support and steadfast commitment to God's teaching, we can bring about positive change, but both not just in our lives, but in the world around us. The question is, are you going to take action? yourself and, 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 go in the positive direction, or are you going to mope around and worry about the woe is me and worry about, oh my God, I can't believe what the news is saying. And, 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 and Stuart little, the sky is falling chicken little. Oh, you know, which one are you going to be? See, we need to remember that amidst uncertainty, hope shines as a beacon of light. And that's what America is going to be when we restore this Republic. It's going to be a beacon of light for the rest of the world on what to do and what it looks like when we turn to God, because with God's guidance and the unity of his people, we can find solace in the knowledge that a brighter tomorrow is within reach. And it's very, very within reach, like like inches away within reach. And so together, we need to hold on to this hope, inspire one another, right? We need to embark on this journey together in restoration. We need to know that God's abundant blessings await us on the other side. We just need to take the steps going forward. He's not going to bring it to us, guys. We need to go to it. Well, Jason, what do you mean? Well, it means that we got to get off our ass, excuse my language, but we need to get off of it and put a little sweat equity into it, blood, sweat, and tears, and work for it. It's a thing called work, you know. It's not going to be handed to us. And so in facing the potential challenges described earlier in the beginning of this show, it's crucial to also remember that regardless of the circumstances, God's will shall prevail. That's very important that we keep that in the back of our minds, because those who remain steadfast in their faith, holding fast to God's word without doubt, can find solace in knowing that he will protect his people. It's also important to maintain unwavering trust in his plan. You know, we always hear trust the plan, trust the plan. Well, what plan? Not the military's. I'm talking the plan of God. That's the plan we need to trust, as well as be a part of that plan. We are the white hats. We are our own saviors. And with this perspective, we can approach the period of potential desolation and drought with a sense of hope and endurance. Rather than succumbing to fear or despair, you know, we have the ability, ladies and gentlemen, to remain resolute and navigate through the challenging times that we might or may or may not be facing by staying committed to God's teachings and remaining steadfast Again, why do you think the show's slogan is we remain steadfast, uncompromising, right? We're, 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 we're firm. Why? Because we can witness his restorative power, which ultimately leads to abundance. And so in, in, in kind of summary of, of everything that we just kind of talked about, while we acknowledge the possible difficulties ahead, in terms of, you know, the potential food supply issues that we might be looking towards or the need for preparedness. You know, we also need to remember that God's will shall be done. And so by holding fast to his word and unwavering faith, we can endure and find comfort in knowing that God will preserve his people. This mindset empowers us to navigate the potential challenges and witness and witness the eventual restoration and abundance that God provides. Now, let me share one other little story before we end in prayer and then a special song that I picked for the night. So I had an epiphany today regarding the human condition and its correlation with the presence of a usurping and tyrannical government in America. This is crazy because it kind of ties in with Joel Chapters one through four, I told you guys, this is going to be a journey because way God was pushing me and pulling me on this. I was like, whoa, because while conversing with an operator at the place where I typically load my truck, I was rolling through the gate and he approached me and he, he, I turned the truck off. I, I pulled the brake and he climbed up on my step of the side of the truck. And he was praising my actions from the other day because he was in the workshop overhearing this exchange that i was having with another operator because he so basically what he was doing he was praising my actions of standing up against another operator who often has a tendency to bully and disrespect others right he's just one of those guys he's a little man he's a short man you know he's got short man complex i mean basically he's he and I've never had much problem, you know, many problems with him. In fact, I used to until I started barking at him. Then he started getting a little easier going with me. But this one particular incident involved me defending. I'm not going to get into the details and the weeds of all this because, again, times of the essence here. But this incident involved me defending myself and stating facts and what was occurring, backing up my actions of what I had to do. But this operator that I was confronting refused, absolutely refused to acknowledge the truth and the facts that that I was trying to present to him for what I was doing. And instead he tried to assert his authority and decide to be a smart ass. And this operator who commended me, the one that I was talking to today, the operator that I was talking to today, who's commending me mentioned that nobody had ever really stood up to him in the way that I did. Because his reputation for being difficult and bullying people, it's just a known thing. And a lot, a lot of people really want to acknowledge him or or really get into it with him. because he holds a very high level as an operator. He's very knowledgeable. He's not one of those people that's easily replaceable. I mean, anybody's replaceable, but in terms of what he does, he's very knowledgeable. He's, he's a very smart man and he's very well equipped to fix anything on that, in that terminal. But this encounter reminded me of the teachings from the book of joel in 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 the old testament here because in joel we learn that silence in the face of wrongdoing enables the wicked to prevail it is written proclaim this among the nations prepare for war rouse the warriors let all the fighting men draw near and attack joel chapter 3 verse 9 this passage emphasizes the importance of standing up for what is right, of being bold and courageous in the face of injustice. And so just as the just as the book of Joel calls for the assembly of warriors to confront evil, we that means you and I are reassembling our states to stand up for the principles of a republic and return to a form of government that upholds upholds justice and righteousness. We cannot rely on the abuse of powers in government and expect them to have our best interest at heart when their primary interest is profit in their pockets. Or genocide, control, insert reason here. But as the book of Joel reminds us, And I quote, for the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision, end quote, it's chapter 3, verse 14, we must make a decision and reclaim our country and put an end to the reigns of tyrants. Are you guys ready to do this? Or are you guys still going to sit on the side and eat your popcorn and be like, let's enjoy the show? All that said, inspired by the teachings of Joel, we must be bold and resolute, ladies and gentlemen. We must put the bullies back in their rightful place, which is firmly grounded and held accountable. It is our responsibility to rise up, to stand together and reinstate a government that truly represents and serves the interest of its sovereign people. Just as Joel prophesied, but, and I quote, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. End quote. Joel 3.16. By reclaiming our power, we establish a refuge of justice, fairness, and freedom. So with all this said, what's the key takeaway in all of this? Well, it's simple. The key takeaway from this realization, this epiphany that I had, and and how it's intertwined with the lessons of Joel is that we must be courageous, assertive, and unwavering in the pursuit of justice and fairness bar none we also need to not forget that self-governance is our right and it is our duty it is our right and it is our duty as it is written and i quote yet even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and with mourning and quote joel 2 Verse 12, it is a time to return to the principles that guide us and restore our nation to its righteous path. And there you go. I don't know if there's much more I can add to that. Be bold, ladies and gentlemen. Be loud. Don't be rude and don't be an ass, but defend yourself. Present truth and facts and stand up for what's right and do not let the bullies and tyrants and usurpers and the abusive powers steamroll you. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we got in our predicament to begin with, with having the government that we have right now. This is why we need to reassemble our states. And if you're curious about how to look up more information on this, you can go visit www.national-assembly.org net national hyphen assembly.net national dash little dash assembly.net and by the way my website's www.hishardline.com like leslie liberty says be assertive but not aggressive unless it's needed okay but yes be assertive be courageous it's not easy but it's necessary and you need to stand firm and bold and put your feet, dig your feet in when it comes to people who want to try to steamroll this nation and 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 pervert and 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 steamroll the efforts that the righteous people of God that are working tirelessly into helping restore this republic. Let's pray. Heavenly father, I I thank you, man. I tell you, this was a journey, God. I I thank you for this journey. It was a, it was a tough one. It was a long journey through this, but I think it was very well worth it. And I appreciate you leading me down this path of the book of Joel. A lot of lessons to be taken here. And, um, I just don't really know what else really to say before I get to Rietta's prayer. It's just, this really has been quite the journey. And I, I appreciate you speaking to me and giving me the statement that I was requesting the other day uh, in prayer. Not what I bargained for, but here we are. And so we thank you for another day of life and good health. And thank you for all that you do for us. And and we pray that you 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 strengthen our armor up. That you help us become courageous in moments that really count, and to, and to proclaim the truth and facts for what they are, to be assertive, to be firm and bold and resolute and 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 and, and steadfast through every bit of ty- tyranny that that lurks in our shadows. We pray for this nation. We pray for our assembly of states. We pray for the restoration of this republic. We pray for our leaders. We also pray for our enemies that they turn away from their wicked ways and, their, and what they're trying to do for the sake of power or money or control or status, that they learn that what they're doing is not going to be a good path for them going forward and that they look to you, God, for discernment and guidance and they, they follow what they believe to be right according to your will. And as Rietta puts right here in the chat, Father, thank you for your word. You knew everything that we are going through. Your word says that you work all things together for our good because we love you and you have called us according to your purpose. Lord, we do pray for our enemies. Truly, they don't understand the choices they are making. Please open their hearts to you. Lord, draw us closer to your perfect will. We need your wisdom and discernment, and we are your remnant, and we seek you for the remainder of our days. We love you. Yes, uh, that was perfectly put, because our enemies that might be divided against us, it's easy to spew and feed into aggressive actions toward our adversaries, right? It's, it's very easy to engage in that. And that's kind of the works of Satan. We need to be very cautious of a vengeful heart. We need to be cautious not to be so venomous as the enemy wants us to. We need to remain, again, steadfast, and we need to have the heart of Christ within us. And so help us, God, to know the difference. And no matter, no matter what, just just help us on our journey. We pray all this in Your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, like I said, this was a journey. This was quite the show. Didn't really anticipate doing a show strictly on the Book of Joel. Um. Yeah it was it, it was quite it was quite the <laughs> it was quite the lesson and quite just yeah it's just been very interesting and and like Destry was saying right here use due diligence when stepping on snakes and scorpions as it again as he's referencing Luke 10 19 now the song I'm going to play today I'm not going to lie I wanted to download uh old time rock and roll and play that but That was the day when I was listening to that and I was jamming out and I was having a good old party at three in the morning, jamming out to that jam, driving to the loading rack. And then I read the book of (laughs) Joel chapter four and it just took the wind right out of my sails. I'm like, Oh, okay. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be playing a little Christian song called just be held by casting crowns. So time to switch it up a little bit from country and rock and roll and disco and all that other fun stuff right buddy brown stuff we're gonna get into casting crowns just be held it's a very good song i think it's a very good way to end the show because again ladies and gentlemen this is not about pushing fear it's not about getting you stirred up because if you're feeling stirred up and anxious that's the work of Satan. don't don't let what's going on bother you again stand firm in what god is doing for us and just lean into Him, and you're going to be just fine. So let's let's listen to this song. Just be held by casting crowns, and then we're going to end end the uh, with the outro music, which I changed up, by the way, in case you haven't heard the intro. The intro is pretty solid. I, I I was getting sick of the other one that I made already. I didn't really like how I you know conducted that or you know produced that, so I made a different one. So. Again, casting crowns just be held and remember ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast and we are un- uncompromising as hardliners. Never forget that. And I hope you all have a great night. We'll be back here tomorrow. Now remember cuz tomorrow is our state meeting. I will probably have the show at 6:30. All right, 6:30. So it'll be about 30 to 40 minute show cuz I do have a state uh, assembly call at 7:30. Okay? All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night have a great day wherever you're at in the world and we will be back here tomorrow at six thirty p.m eastern time have a good night god bless
2: hold it all together
3: everybody needs you strong but life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. And when you're tired of fighting, chained by your control, there's freedom in surrender. Lay it down and let it go. So when you're on your knees and answers seem so far away, you're not alone. Stop holding on and just be. Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just just be held Just be held Just be held You are, I'll hold your heart, I'll hold your heart Come to me, find your rest In the arms of the God who won't let go So when you're on your knees and answer seems so far away You're not alone, stop holding on And just be held not falling apart, it's falling into place. I'm on the throne. Stop holding on and just be. Stop hey. holding on and just be.
1: Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We got to do this for God. We got to do this for our families. We got to do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Joining Join us, us here, here at His, His Heartline. Heartline. We'll see we'll you, see you back, back here next time. time.